Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. Hello, my friends. Did you know that it is okay to not like things? I feel like my my journey has been to discover that it's okay to like what I like and to not like what I don't like. And I know that instinctively everybody knows this and we certainly have preferences, but I also think that many of us don't want to express or share when we don't like something in order to spare someone else's feelings, in order to keep the status quo going, to get along with everybody, and to just um, be likable. Part of this let's be nice mentality that we have. So today I want us to really dive into why it's okay to have opinions, why it's okay to express our dislike, and what it might be like if we allowed that for ourselves and allowed it for other people too, so that everybody could just have a more realistic, more whole experience that is what their actual experience is. I learned so much from my daughter, and what inspired this episode is actually remembering this past Christmas and, you know, her delight in opening everything and opening all of these gifts and seeing each present and going, wow, that's for me. I'm so excited. Can I help you guys open your presents? Don't worry, mom, I've got this and, you know, ripping off the wrapping paper. And then her delight at playing with a lot of these new toys and things that she got. But then we had a really interesting moment and it was in the evening. So my daughter got this realistic doll that is one of those dolls that looks like a real baby and has the real hair and, you know, it's proportional. It has the right features. It just looks like a baby would look when they're about a month old or so. And this baby, she, she was excited about it at first and she wanted to play with it because she had been told she could bring it in the tub and it could have a bath with her. So that was very exciting. And I set her up in the tub and she jumped in and had this doll. And I noticed that she positioned it facing away from her and she wanted to wash its hair. So she did that a bunch of times and she rinsed it off and she wanted to, you know, get her in her robe after they got out of the tub and play with this baby. But once they got out of the tub and my daughter got her clothes on, I saw her looking at the doll out of the corner of her eye, and she had this expression on her face like, yeah, I don't know about this. So I just, I watched it. I like to stay neutral and let her discover her own thoughts and feelings about things. So I didn't say anything. I didn't let her catch me watching her. But an hour later, she came over to me and she says, mom, I don't know about my new doll. I said, oh, honey, what do you mean you don't know? What what don't you know? And she said, you know, I just, I don't know if I like it very much. And I said, oh, why is that? She says, it's a little creepy. 
And I said, okay, yeah, I can see that. It looks very realistic and it can be disconcerting to have something look so real when you know that it's not. She nodded to me. She's like, yeah, I think I want to put it back in its box. I said, okay, if that makes you feel better, let's do that. So quickly, she ran and gathered every piece of clothing that belonged to this doll, and she helped me put it in. And at the very end, she took one of the pieces of clothing and just put it right over the doll's face. And she said, bye-bye, doll, and closed it up. I said, you know, we'll put it downstairs so you can save it for later if you change your mind. She says, okay. And she went on with her day. And I thought about how I was glad that she was able to come to me and tell me that she found this doll a little scary and that she was able to come to her own conclusion about not really enjoying it as much as she initially thought she did. And I was happy that I didn't force her to try and like it because I know that there's this instinct in me that says when someone gives you a gift, you're supposed to like it and you should try to like it. (laughs) Um, I'm glad that for her, I gave her that possibility of being able to enjoy it and then decide that she didn't. And it brought up some feelings for me about disappointing people that I know that someone took great care and invested a lot of money into getting this really realistic, amazing doll for my daughter. And I have to come to terms with how I feel about that, that there's something that someone invested in that someone was anticipating would bring so much joy and then it didn't. And that sucks. And it, oh, it gets tangled up. So I feel happy that I'm allowing my daughter to not like it. I feel guilty that she didn't like it. There's a part of me that wanted to force her to try and like this thing, but I'm not going to do that. And I'm wondering how many times we do this to ourselves where we force ourselves to try and like something that we actually don't. And to what end? Why do we do that? What good do we think is coming of that? And how does it end up playing out in our lives? So I'd ask you that. How does it play out? When you decide to pretend to like something or try to like something that you don't actually like, why do you do it? How long do you push for? And do you ever truly succeed? Or are you just kidding yourself? It's so interesting of a question. I think about other TV shows that I've tried to like just for the sake of spending some time with my family. Yeah, for sure. And do I pretend to like them? Or do I actually end up liking them? Or do I just come to a place where I tolerate them, but they don't really bring me a ton of joy? I think it's less of an issue in this age of Netflix and having, you know, a phone that you can always distract yourself with. I certainly notice in those situations, if someone likes a show and I don't really like it, I can hang out in the room with them, but find something else to do. And I don't know that that's necessarily a great, great way of handling things, but certainly it allows me to feel that I'm spending time with people I love while not being bored to death (laughs) watching something that I find really not that great. So where do we distract ourselves or try to force ourselves into doing things that really aren't us? And do you think that the other people in your life pick up on it? 
And I'm going to assume that, yeah, they really do. I'm sure my husband knows that when we're sitting around watching Supergirl that I'm not watching it and I do not care, but he likes it and that's great. And I think the key is to not pretend that you like what you don't like. I don't think I've ever told my husband that I like it or that I want to sit down and watch that show with him. If I choose to sit around and watch that show, it's because I'm choosing to definitely not for the sake of the show. But where else do we pretend to like things in order to get along? This brings up the question of white lies, like how much do you tell people that you like something that they're really into in order to boost their feelings and boost their security and make them feel good, even though you don't necessarily think that you like what they like, like an outfit on somebody and they're thrilled about it and you're just like, meh, I don't really like it, but I'll tell them it's beautiful even though I think it's ugly because I know they love it. And, you know, I think that kind of thing when done infrequently and not over the top probably doesn't hurt anything. But I really strive to live this life of honesty and coming up against that idea that you need to appreciate everything that someone offers you does throw up some dust. It makes it a little bit difficult. When you really want to be liked, when you want to be appreciated by everybody, and come on, who doesn't? There really is this instinct to go along and agree with much of what comes up and to be enthusiastic where perhaps you're not. And I guess that's human nature. I wonder what it would look like to feel completely free to happily disagree with the others in your life, particularly about things that ultimately have little consequence, such as, you know, a gift of a doll that you didn't like. It might not feel great to the person who offered the gift. It's disappointing, right? When you offer something in love that you want to be received with this joy and then it isn't. But I think ultimately your disappointment about it is probably less than the anxiety or stress that is felt by the person trying to pretend that they like it all the time. (laughs) It makes me think of, were you ever forced to wear an outfit as a child that someone gave to you in order to show that you appreciated it to some distant relative who gave you something that you found completely ugly? And I think everyone has a tale of something like that. And it's funny because I can't even remember exact outfits, but I definitely remember that feeling of, you have to wear this for grandma because (laughs) she really wanted to give this to you and you need to wear it. And, you know, as a teenager in particular, when you're in that phase of really trying to establish like who you are and what you want in your life, you feel this pushback of, I don't want to do it. I don't want to wear that. (laughs) But we feel forced to, and it becomes not even about just pleasing grandma, but it's now about pleasing, you know, your parents as well. And then you're pairing it with this, um, this other perception of the shame that you'll feel around what your other friends might think about it. So that's this other layer of this stuff, right? Is where do you have some social ties where you're trying to impress or you want to be perceived as part of a group or liking a certain style or a certain you know genre of music or whatever it is, 
even though maybe you don't actually like it. And when do we decide that we're brave enough to like pull away from the pack and say, you know, I actually, I like jazz music or actually I just, I like reading fantasy novels and I'm okay with that. Even though everyone around me only reads sci-fi or they only read, you know, nonfiction. The big one that I can remember as a teenager that I struggled with was wearing a hat when it was cold. I just felt absolutely like it would crush my social standing to be seen wearing a hat, which is just so utterly ridiculous, but it's so true that when you're that age, you know, you're just so consumed with perception, perception of others. Can you fit in? What will other people think about you? What does it say about you if you're wearing something that might, God forbid, be seen as ugly or not stylish? And I was willing to forgo wearing a hat to the point of getting ear infections or just being freezing, right? And catching a cold all the time because it was more important to me to not be seen as a doofus. And I look back on that and go, God, what an idiot I was. And of course, now I'll wear any stupid hat, like anything at all. If I'm cold, whatever, like wrap my head in a sock. <laughs> but back at that time, it felt like a death sentence to buck the system or do something different from what my peers were doing. So if they were only wearing scarves and a jacket, then that's what I was going to do. If they never wear the hood of their jacket, that's what I was going to do. So this peer pressure thing is just so intense. And how do we really bolster ourselves against that? Because in my heart of hearts, yeah, I was freezing. I could have really used a hat. I probably would have enjoyed wearing it had I had any sense at all in my head. Or if I had realized that the opinions of my peers weren't great, and didn't really matter so much. <laughs> but you know, at the time they really do. So I can't fault myself for being a teenager and being in that part of my life. It's just this instinct that I have now is to want to build a sense in my daughter that she can be her own person, that she has autonomy, that she could actually be a trendsetter rather than a trend follower, and not in a way that's trying to get people to go along with her, but in a way that feels true to herself so that if she doesn't like something, it's okay for her not to like it and to still push her to try new things. But if she truly isn't feeling something and it's, you know, not life-threatening or whatever, it's okay to drop that and focus on things that she does have an interest in or something that she really does enjoy because that allows you to develop this sense of self that becomes empowered, that you're able to make a choice, that your choices matter, that the things that you like have value. And it's important to me when I see her um, light up with an inspiration, like she's into robots right now, to really follow that up immediately and be like, wow, that's really great. What do you like about robots? And ask her about it and then help her find ways to explore that more within herself. And I want to do that for myself as well. Like, where am I really excited? Where's my interest go? And how can I follow that up pretty immediately and give myself a reward of following through on something that I love? And equally, what have I been doing and trying to do simply because I think that's what everyone's doing or what has to be done? And how much of that is real and how much of that could I let go and follow my own heart? And it's a question that I come up against every day. And I'm sure everyone else does too. Living is hard. And there's so much that comes up, so much that can derail us from what we 
you know, put our minds on and want to start towards so many inputs from other people about what they think the best idea is for you. And I try to even notice in myself when I have the best idea for someone else to learn to zip my lip and really just listen and say, well, what are you actually saying? And ask more questions. And through learning how to coach people well, to ask them the questions and let them find their own answers, I'm finding that it's allowing me to find my own answers, that I can learn to do this with myself because doing it for ourselves is always harder than it is when we're working with other people to just be able to sit in a room with myself and go, okay, why do I think this? What's really true here? And if nobody was directing me and nobody told me what to do, what would I like to do? And sometimes that can feel so scary, but I think it really begins when we learn to ask it more and more frequently and be gentle with ourselves. When the answer that comes up is, I don't really know, but next time I ask, I'll have a better idea. And the next time I ask, I'll have an actual idea or a few, and I'll be able to follow those through to their logical ends. So I know we started here talking about what it's okay to like and not like. And I want to ask that of you again. Is there something in your life that you really hate and don't like doing? What is it? And why is that? And are you forcing yourself to do it? For what reason? And if the answer is because you think everybody expects you to do it or that you have to do it, I would invite you to question that and say, well, why? What is the ultimate purpose in whatever action you're taking? And how much of it is just to gain approval? And how much of it is for joy? How much of it is because you feel empowered or in integrity by doing something? It's a really tough question. It is something difficult to ask ourselves, and it's sometimes hard to hear the answer. I'm always a little bit sad when I hear the answer that from myself, that I'm doing something because I don't want to disappoint someone else. Because it makes me realize, I'm like, wait, am I worried about disappointing them or am I worried about disappointing myself? And if I feel like I'm disappointing myself, that's just hard. It's a heavy feeling in my heart. But by asking the question, it lets me come up with a new answer. It lets me find the way to not disappoint myself that feels the most in line with what I want to do or how I'd like to see it done. And giving myself a chance to really imagine a fun way to do things, my way to do things, has opened up so many possibilities and I've had so many adventures that, you know, wouldn't be possible if the only thing I was ever interested in was just keeping a smile on my face and making everyone happy. I think ultimately we need to realize that we're the only one living our life and we need to make ourselves happy because we're going to look back on our lives and our memories and that's what we have. So we owe it to ourselves really to honor ourselves in our actions, to recognize our feelings and to actually take them into account and to maybe, just maybe, start valuing our own feelings and opinions higher than what we think the opinions are of others. So I think I'm going to end it on this note 
and just say, wow, what would it be like in your life if you began to value your own opinion and your own ideas a little bit more weight on that than you give to others? And what would it mean in your life if you were allowed to like what you like and to dislike what you dislike, and it wasn't so scary to admit that, not only to yourself, but maybe to someone else too? I hope that you are enjoying your life today and that you find something amazing and fun and inspiring to do. I'm going to go off and inspire myself. I'm not sure how yet, probably by going for a walk because I love that. But I'm sending you a big hug and I hope that you have a marvelous week. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com, where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love, and I'll see you next time.